Writers, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, Season 2. For those who are new, About This Writing Thing is a bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, Sayworth B. Eller, novelist, short story writer, and, of course, podcaster. It's been a while. <laughs> it's confession time. In October 2020, I was on the fence about continuing this podcast. It was a year old, and I didn't have any subscribers. It appeared I was speaking to the void, which I should be used to since I'm on Twitter, but anyway. So, when it was suggested to me by someone I was working with professionally that I give up the podcast, I thought maybe they were right, and I should. After all, I'm agented now, and my book is out on submission. Will a publisher be thrilled to have a writer who is unable to generate subscribers after more than a year of podcasting? What does that say about garnering readers for my book? if they publish it. In other words, I was in my head about it. Add to that the fact that I was trying to do too many things outside of writing, and there's a recipe for it's easier to walk away. So I did. I even mostly walked away from social media. Fast forward to April 2021. I was set to open an online vintage boutique, because that's my second passion, but I had an epiphany. I'd never been more productive than I was in early 2020 when it was all about the writing. I had to get back to it. I never stopped writing. I'm past the halfway mark in what I hope will be my sophomore novel, and I'm entering thesis, so I'm working hard on a historical novel for that. I'm still writing short stories, though submitting them is always a problem for me. (laughs) However, I stopped everything else. I hadn't updated my website since October, and I wasn't posting often on Instagram, my preferred social media site. I was losing engagement instead of gaining. They tell you that you need a high follow count to be noticed by agents and publishers. The truth is, you need engagement. Have a dozen ride or dies, and that's better than 2,000 numbers stagnating on your profile page. This led to a rededication to my writing life, and thus a rededication to this podcast. I may never have more than five listeners. I love you all, and that's okay. As long as I'm talking about writing and my experience with writing, there will be a record of it for other beginning writers to find. There's a lot of advice out there, but it never seems to cover the basics. What happens before you get signed? What happens before you hit publish? What is a plot point? Etc. I think it's more difficult to talk about how you found success after you've obtained it because you're not in the struggle anymore. Maybe that's why there are so many people out there saying, do what you love. Don't work at a job that doesn't appreciate you. Don't do what doesn't inspire you. If you want to be a full-time writer, be a full-time writer. Go for it. They can tell you that because they have enough residual income to walk away from that job that doesn't inspire them. This is why I love the Courtney Project on YouTube. She's real. She showed every writer that came across her channel that it takes time to have that full-time writing life you may dream of. Every week until last March when she was able to quit her corporate job, She posted videos about her writing life, showing that you can have both a full-time job and a writing life. It isn't easy, and it isn't what you may dream of, but for a lot of people, it's necessary. If you don't know who I'm talking about, check her out. Do me a favor and let her know I sent you. I'll put the link in the the description. (laughs) Courtney's advice works because she's real with it. She's not sugarcoating anything, putting out some image of herself living her best life. You know what she does is hard work because she shows you. I wish everyone would be so gracious. I hate bad advice. Detest it, actually. Sadly, 
I've been seeing a lot of it lately on TikTok and in the comments section. I never fail to see at least three responses that say, thank you so much for this, or I'm a new writer and had no idea. After more than 20 years of doing this writing thing, I can tell you that there are some pieces of advice you should take with a grain of salt. I speak in cliches, hope you don't mind. I love craft books. In fact, my tantamount piece of writing advice is to read about as many different writing methods as possible and try them out. Julia Roberts the hell out of them. Only then will you find which one works for you or which ones work for you. For those unsure about the reference, I'm talking about the scene in Runaway Bride when Julia Roberts' character is trying to figure out how she likes her eggs. Many of us learn through trial and error. Writing isn't much different. Like many writers, when I began writing, I wrote in third-person omniscient. It's an easy point of view, if there is such a thing. You can jump into the thoughts of everyone so that the reader knows everyone's intentions. With limited point of views, we have to depend on the main character's interpretation of everything and everyone. Turns out, I wasn't doing omniscient quite right. I was head-hopping, switching perspectives mid-paragraph. It was a mess. <laughs> After reading and listening to a lot of writers talk about point of view, I tried out the limited perspective and found that I like it better because it gives me a chance to explore one person's thoughts, feelings, and reactions to the world around them. I wouldn't have figured out my preferred point of view if I hadn't first listened to the advice being given and then experimented. Of course, now I hate third-person omniscient narratives, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Some writing advice is harmful, in my opinion, such as telling writers to ignore all the rules and write what they want. Of course we should write what we want, but if we want the masses to read it, we should probably adhere to at least some of those tried and true rules, like adverbs. Recently, a TikToker brought up Stephen King's advice about adverbs. While to write adverbs is human, to write he said or she said is divine. They weren't very kind to King. Unsurprisingly, in the comments, there were many writers who replied with glee how they use as many adverbs as they want. Okay, that's fine. Though I think King was referring specifically to adverbs in an end tag, which I will talk about more in two weeks, I agree with the notion that we shouldn't be so liberal with adverbs in our work. After all, I stopped reading King's It because it was riddled with adverbs. To me, it comes across as amateurish and sloppy to use too many adverbs. I'm not judging. Goodness knows I used to use enough of them in earlier works. Some of those are still available on Amazon. Yes, you have to pay to laugh at me. All I'm saying is that maybe that adverb rule isn't so bad after all. Maybe you tweak it. You'll find over time that you tweak a lot of the golden rules. Elmore Leonard says you are allowed no more than two or three exclamation points per 100,000 words. This, to me, seems a bit too conservative, especially if you have a very dramatic character or set of characters who have a heated argument around the 20,000 word mark. We all know when an argument gets going that there are invisible exclamation marks flying everywhere. So in my own writing, I have modified this rule to use them sparingly, of course, but absolutely use them where needed. Only you will know where they're needed. And don't be surprised if you feel that they're needed at the moment and then when you reread that section in a few weeks, you decide to cut some of them. That's the process of writing. One of the worst trends right now, in my opinion, is the 50k in 30 days. I'm not speaking against NaNoWriMo here. I attend camp twice a year. However, I think there is immense pressure in the writing community to turn out these 50,000 word drafts in 30 days. This is bad advice for several reasons. 
first of all, most novels are at least 20 to 30,000 words longer than that. At least. I worked with a writer who absolutely refused to write more than 50,000 words for their debut novel. The result was a shallow story with shallow characters. Yes, there are plenty of novels out there that are 50,000 words and are exceptional. The Stepford Wives comes expressly to mind, but most of us are not our 11. An industry standard, if we want to be published by a traditional publisher, really rules how long our novels are. Second, it puts undue pressure on new writers who are trying to get their footing in the writing world. The last thing a new writer needs to hear is that they should be pumping out 50,000 words in a month. I've been writing for more than 20 years, and the most I've managed in a month is 14,000. I'm sure I could do it, but I'm not in this to write shallow stories that put more stress on me than necessary. Stephen King says it should take three months to write a book. I think that's a good timeline. I'm still working to get there. I'm not an everyday writer, so it still takes me significantly longer to write a novel. I'm okay with that. Third, this notion that we should be writing 50K in 30 days goes hand in hand with the rapid release publishing model, and I think rapid release is cheapening the publishing industry. I said it, and I'm not sorry. I'll talk about rapid release publishing in an upcoming episode. Just know it will be my opinions on the subject, and they are not positive. If you like the rapid release model, you may want to skip that one. Another sentiment that is sometimes mentioned as a rule is to write when you're inspired. If I'd done that with Catching Fireflies, I wouldn't have finished it. I'm in an MFA program, and I was in class with someone for several terms that always waxed poetic about the muse. Not to sound like a crotchety old writer here, but if I waited for my muse, I'd be staring at a blank screen all the time. This notion that there's some sort of whimsical fancy that settles on your shoulders and encourages you to write is one of the most dangerous pieces of writing advice for new writers. It sets unrealistic expectations of what the writing life is going to be about. It also takes the responsibility off the writer. Oh, I didn't write today because my muse didn't show up. No, you didn't write because you didn't sit down at the computer or whatever you use to write. When I don't write, it's because I didn't sit down and open my file to write. It isn't because my beautiful muse didn't whisper in my ear what to write. It's okay not to write every day, but it isn't okay to blame the muse when you don't. Blame your exhausted mind. Blame the fact that you just didn't want to, but never blame something that really doesn't exist. Again, my opinion. The bottom line is this. Writing advice is a double-edged sword. You have to learn how to handle it without getting cut. Read and listen to as much advice from experienced writers as you can. Experiment with the pieces that you're interested in and discover who you are as a writer. I promise you, it's going to make your life so much easier. Well, that's it for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please give me a like, maybe subscribe, definitely share me with your friends. I'll be back in two weeks to talk about end tags. Until then, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sabie Eller. And you can find this podcast on Instagram at About This Writing Thing, Twitter at Writing Thing Pod, and TikTok at About This Writing Thing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care and keep writing. <laughs>